5: Welcome to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast where we try to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us.
3: My name is Aaron Gillis, and each week I'll be joined by...
5: Me, Lauren Patterson. Each week we chat to a different guests about how they try and live their life without misery, but we try and do it with a little bit of laughter, because otherwise that sounds like a pretty gloomy idea for a podcast.
3: This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Welcome to episode 15 of this uh, strange little podcast where two weirdos annoy comedians and ask them how they live a life without misery. This week's guest is Jenny Eclair. Jenny is an actor, writer, comedian, presenter. I mean, bloody hell, she's just kind of done everything, really. Uh, Jenny was the first woman to ever win the Edinburgh Comedy Award. Uh, She's released numerous books and has been on so many TV things that I was trying to list them all for this intro. And I think the intro would have been about 20 minutes if I'd uh, read it all out. So, yeah, I didn't. Uh, This week, we speak to Jenny about the idea of being carefree, family, and escapism. Uh, As I say every week, and I know it can be a little bit boring, and I'm terribly sorry, uh, but if you could like, subscribe, rate, review, uh, all the money we make from ad revenue goes to calm. So the more people that listen, the more money we're all raising for charity, Um, which means that you can feel smug after this podcast, and I'm pretty sure this is the only podcast you can listen to uh, where you can feel smug afterwards. Just spend your day feeling smug because you've donated to charity with your ears, Anyway, here is Lauren and myself speaking to the one and only Jenny Eclair. Uh This week we've got uh, Jenny Eclair oh, in the yes office. Oh, yes, you have. Yes. Live,
2: just about.
3: <laughs> How are you doing?
2: I'm picking bits of acrylic paint off my trousers. I'm very well indeed, actually. <laughs> you yeah. caught me on a good day. Oh, excellent. I'm only mildly annoyed today. I, I'm either mildly annoyed or furious or <laughs> up, a bit upset. Yep. I'm not too upset yet, but the day is young.
5: Yeah, still time.
3: There's yeah. still time
2: to turn. I can turn on a 6 minutes. So I could probably be in tears in ten seconds. You just need to know how to push the right buttons.
3: Yeah, it's usually around three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. The weepy time. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just when I've had four enough. Four
2: o'clock, that's my low. Yeah,
3: yeah. Can't every day
2: enough. every day at four o'clock feels a bit like Boxing Day, doesn't it? <laughs> a terrible, terrible time. I just got oh, I'm a bit disappointed Because you're by so everything. far away
5: from dinner time and not close enough to tea time yet. I think that's the thing with me.
2: I'm not allowed to snack anymore because my cholesterol's gone a bit out of control. <laughs> that's something to worry about. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm never entirely calm. Mm. Never entirely. I'm not one of those. Try my hardest, but never entirely.
3: Ah, see, that leads us perfectly onto our first question, which is. Give you a helping hand. Thank you so much.
2: Such a professional.
3: (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time you felt calm?
2: Well. Now, we're probably going back to 1984. <laughs> <laughs> and even then. I, I don't think... I, I'm always slightly bubbling under. Uh, listen, i try quite hard because um, I, I peaked in, in terms of anxiety when the menopause hit. You think you're anxious now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Just wait till your hormone levels drop and you don't know what the fuck's going on and you want to kill everybody and then cry. A lot, so um, that sounds
5: like now to be honest, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but kind of times it by tenfold. And I'm hot as well. Oh, well, yeah. it's
2: hot in here, love. It's not, it is. I thought me. that was just yeah, me. No, sorry, it's, we're it's all having about... a menopause. <laughs> I'm always a bit steamy. I'm mm. one of those people that sort of lets off quite a lot of steam. Um, I'm sort of like a permanently wet towel drying, just kind of. So, where were we? When was I last come? Okay, I try every day. Uh, I do yoga online. Do you do yoga? Mm. When you say
3: online, how do you mean? Oh, well,
2: this is marvellous, you see, because you don't have to pay for it. Um, and I live in a house with a rubber floor, uh, and I have my rubber mat, so that's probably one of the reasons why I'm so slightly clammy all the time. <laughs> I start off clammy. Uh, so... YouTube, you know the YouTube. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm telling you, young people. This, oh, but, I'm loving it. Right, the YouTube. You go <laughs> on that, and there's two people I follow. Uh, one is called Adrienne, and she, um, you can you can look it up on the YouTube because you can sort of vary your class from 10 minutes to 45 to an hour if you have that much time. Um, and I usually do about 15 minutes with either Adrienne or a girl called Cole Chance. They're both from Texas, and they have both got doctors. Do you know what a doctor oh. is? It's a dog that's their doctor to. You see, it's a therapy dog. Um, <laughs> one has a dog called Benji and the other has a dog called Shanti. I think they're copying each other. It makes me really <laughs> laugh because you know these two girls are in competition. Yeah. They've got millions of YouTube followers. Anyway, I do a bit of rolling around, flapping around my mat like a great big fish. <laughs> but I'm very flexible, you see. So I enjoy doing something that I can do very easily. So I, I start with some... And actually, yoga is very good for me. And I, I do genuinely... I mean, I I think what happens with me is I start quite well and I have all good intentions. And, you know, they say, these girls, they say, you know, set yourself an intention for the day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I say, be calm and reasonable. That's my intention for the day. By 11 o'clock, it's kind of wearing off a bit. Uh, (laughs) And by lunchtime, I have to go out and find someone to fight. But I live in Camberwell, so that's quite easy. (laughs) Um, So, no, I, I go up and down, but I've just... I've just written a piece about going on holiday and how how wonderful it would be if um, I could just be given for a week while I was on holiday the superpower of being carefree. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Like you could go away for a week and actually really leave everything behind. And actually, be one of those. Do you, you, have you seen them on holiday? These people, and they're being carefree. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean?
5: My dad's like that. Up in the morning, gets his sun lounger, sits with a book by the pool, will not leave, and, that's and he's his happy, day and he loves it.
2: Genuinely happy. Nothing bothering. He doesn't even. There's not even a crease across his mm-hmm. brow, even when say there's a cloud. A cloud comes over the sun. Does he not sort of stir from his his chair? Does he not at that point go? oh, right, there's a bloody cloud. Nah, well, too engrossed in his book. He's no, a... you see, I see a cloud, mm-hmm. and immediately I think, well, that's that's hail and thunder <laughs> in about three or four hours' time. And I was go because my partner's called Jeff. I go, Jeff, there's a cloud. <laughs> like I expect <laughs> him to drag it, drag <laughs> it away from the sun. You know, it's the least he can do. And so I, I felt very much on this holiday that I was spending a lot of money. So that was bothering me. I sort of, every day I was thinking, how much does this cost me? Oh dear, it's cost me a lot of money, hasn't it? And then we had the four hour delay. Well, hopefully I'll get a bit of money back from that (laughs) because I'm going to put in a claim. And then, you know, you get down to the beach bar and you think, well, this is this silly money here, isn't it? I wonder how much we've already spent this week. You know, those little dockets they give you. And it goes on and it goes on and it just, and there's never a moment where I'm just completely at ease and happy, apart from. That is another handy hint. Do remind me that sometimes I've got to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> do my, it's, You it's can't ter- do that. It's,
3: that's the whole point of what we're doing here. No, it's
2: a terrible <laughs> thing. And may I warn you, being a stand-up, uh-huh. you get used to being on your own on stage for so long that you don't know how to stop talking.
5: Oh, definitely. <laughs> and when
2: somebody else talks, you go, well, I didn't know you were on How <laughs> yeah. did you get here?
5: <laughs> it's a bit...
2: It's, it's uh, That's why, you know, because I've done a lot of the stage work by myself, but... Um, I've also shared the stage with other people, and at first, it is a bit of a mind fuck when people mm-hmm. and you go, "Oh, is it your turn?" Sorry, where was it? Okay, I tell you my other thing <laughs> for relaxing, and this is really, really because if you've got high blood pressure like me, what a surprise! <laughs> you know, they go, they go, they go. Oh, it's a bit high. Of course, it's a bit high. You know, I'm an overweight, heavy drinking, middle aged hysteric. <laughs> what, you stupid <laughs> asshole! Of course,
1: it's high.
2: Um, <laughs> And mine is so high that uh, you always know because it really pinches. Have you ever had oh, a pressure? Oh, is you know, that blood pressure? Oh, God. So when it really, really pinches and you think you're going to pass out, and actually one time when a doctor did it, I was so shocked, and I thought that he'd lost control of the blood pressure medication, I tried to hit him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, no, this is ridiculous, you no. can't do this. Anyway, what was I saying that calms me down? And this is what I really recommend. I paint. Yeah, I paint. So on my holiday, it was a very posh resort. So I was very careful. So I put a towel on the on the creamy coloured sun sun lounger because I was working with acrylics. Um, And I had a Tupperware. And it was, you know, my partner bought me this Tupperware from supermarket. And it was all divided up because children nowadays have fancy Tupperware, Mm -hmm. which is divided up for snacks. We weren't allowed snacks in my day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed snacks now either. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But this is all divided up. So I had all my paints, all in the different shades, in all the different compartments. And I had my, um, my 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 uh, paint uh, the paper, you know. And I, I, when I paint, I genuinely, genuinely can feel my blood pressure slowing down. So. So I do self medicate quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So the yoga and the painting are the two things that help me most. And then I get really upset and angry about what I've achieved with my painting, <laughs> which kind of then, <laughs> then I get it all and my partner's an artist, um, where he's a designer and he's terribly naturally good at just drawing. You know, because he, he's um he does at people's houses and stuff and so he sees in perspective and stuff like and he can just draw house and walls just and, and I all very wonky (gasps) so i i've gone a little bit abstract with my um, (laughs) and you know but i had such a lovely and that is when i'm at peace
3: is it because you're only focusing on that one thing do you think yes yeah
2: and then because the other thing i think being a freelancer and being a, an ageing freelancer, where you just, all the time, all the time, there's this nagging voice at the back of your head going, you haven't paid off your mortgage. <laughs> you haven't paid off your mortgage. Mm-hmm. Guess what you haven't done yet? You haven't paid off your mortgage. What are you doing here? Having a lager at lunchtime. Got a bit of a drink problem, have we? And you haven't paid off your mortgage. What do you think you're doing? It's,
3: it's unrelenting, isn't it? It
2: really doesn't stop. Do no. you, so obviously you two both have uh, anxiety oh, problems. Oh, yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but how,
2: are we on medication
3: uh, I am. I yes. am.
5: Yeah. Um, oh, well yeah. done. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, what are you on?
5: Oh, what's it called? Mer- uh, I've mentioned this the she metazapine or something. It begins with an M.
2: Oh, it's got a peen at the end. Metazapine. Yeah, that but it sounds fancy. like a dazepam, that kind of thing. Does it? Yeah. So it's meant to
5: take the ed- edge. It's off. an antidepressant, but also takes the edge off the anxiety. Okay. I like how I looked to you a bit like. Remind me what I'm on again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, and, uh, what? Why?
2: Why did they? What? Were you doing that the doctor allowed you to be on this?
5: I'm not sure. I just, uh, because I've been very bad before asking for help. I'm always like, people have got it worse. People have got, what have I got to be upset about? But then I was very mature and I went and I sat with this man who the doctor was called David Mitchell, which made me laugh Uh, straight away because I was like, (laughs) mind an episode of Peep Show. And I just sat and I talked about how I felt. And to be fair, I was probably quite rude to him because I was pissed off um but I remember going to see a doctor once in Newcastle and she just went oh, It's just sounds like you just need to manage your time better and I was like that doesn't sound like you're helping me but he sat and he listened and he made all these notes and he went I think you need and I told him I'd been on citalopram before and that hadn't worked he went I think you need something that's not just an antidepressant but takes the edge off yeah. the anxiety, and I was like, oh, okay. And they are really good. They give us a mental dreams I've got an
2: emergency diazepam in my. Um, yeah. I've got one in my. Uh, <laughs> you know the uh, what's it? You know when your oyster card carrier. Oh, I've got one yeah. in there for if anything. An Little really emergency kicks off. Yeah, yeah. I can only get them in Australia. They won't take me seriously <laughs> at, <laughs> at my local TVs I'm on uh, HRT, which has helped mm-hmm. enormously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge believer in HRT, but also I'm, I'm sort of physically very lucky. That 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 I can take it because there's no history of breast cancer in my family and um, because that's something you have to watch out for, although they are sort of more and more thinking that it's less connected. Anyway, I'm not going to go into that now because that's for people who are you know, menopausal who need to go to talk to their own GP. I'm not going to prescribe here, love. <laughs> even though I should be able to. I've got a doctor. I've got, I am actually Dr. Jenny Eclair. I've got one of those fake doctorates from, oh, yeah. I can't even remember, Southampton University, I think it was. <laughs> I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to prescribe. It doesn't mean to say you can prescribe mm. stuff. Um, so, but I believe in HRT rather than antidepressants because a lot of doctors got, Either go one way or the other. Yeah, so for me, HRT has worked fine. I think that I am naturally hysterical and I'm a natural catastro- uh, catastrophizer. What's your problem? Look uh, at Aaron now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I think mine is a, well, according to my therapist who I saw the other day, um, it's a massive amount of self-loathing, no self-confidence and self-hatred that manifest in a constant fear of failure and letting people down. So, Hey, I... welcome
2: to show business. I yeah, <laughs> exactly. uh, sometimes, do you ever do that thing where... <laughs> You grit your teeth because you've done something really stupid. I don't, just something silly. And you just go, I hate myself and I want to die. Oh, yes. <laughs> do oh. that. I do that a lot. Yeah. And I sometimes punch myself in the head as well. Oh, I haven't got that oh, far no. yet. Have you never punched yourself no. in the head? No. Oh, well, welcome to my world. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you haven't got children yet. No. Have you? No. Well, that's where your anxiety will really, really um, get go into overdrive. Mm-hmm. I think the worst time for me was actually when my daughter was quite old, and came back from university and lived at home and was going out at night. They'd go out at night. Just appalling. (laughs) You know, All I wanted to say was, I like to sat on the sofa and not really moving. But she'd go out at night and I'd get so anxious about... Because she was, you know, she was 22. Mm-hmm. So she's like allowed to come home whenever she likes. But I'd be up at three o'clock in the morning and I'd be making peppermint tea and punching myself in the mm-hmm. head and watching for the night bus. And I have to say that I am very fortunate in where my house is situated situated on a night bus route. 176, one of the best buses in <laughs> London because it goes all through the night. Mm. And I would, I would sort of position myself in my partner's study at the front of the house and i'd watch the buses rolling up the hill and as soon as i saw a little peroxide head i could run back to my bed and pretend i was a normal human being <laughs> and fast asleep and then so but then sometimes she'd be a bit slow getting across the road and then i'd be yep. thinking god she'd be knocked over and and then I'd, oh and then i'd hear the key and then i could die right, and she'd be creeping up with that
3: did you ever talk about this with your daughter
2: I think she knows because she... (laughs) I sort of drive her insane. Mm. But then she has anxiety issues as well, so well done me. (laughs) I've kind of (laughs) passed it on to the next generation. I know she's a therapist. And I don't think the therapist likes me. I think that she's... Bl- I think that my daughter's put a lot of blame on my head. And I think sometimes, because we're very, very close, you see, mm-hmm. my, me and Phoebe, and I think that the therapist has been dripping some poison in, saying, I think you're too close to your mother, and I think that you don't have to see her every week. And I think she does. <laughs> <laughs> and it sort of, and I get very, are you going to come see me? <laughs> when are you going to come see me? Oh, I haven't seen you for a (laughs) long, you know. So, and then I bribe her and I go, oh, I've
5: just bought you this little thing. Why don't you come and get it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so do you have that with your mother? Yeah,
5: my mum's like that. My mum's like, so I've been away in Australia for two months. Uh, and so was, the plan was to come back straight away to London. But then I had Spice Girls tickets for up north. So I was mm. like, oh, well, I'll go to Newcastle. <laughs> and my mum was like, I'm fully aware you've just come back to see the Spice Girls. And I was like, no, I've totally come <laughs> to see you. But also I'm leaving tomorrow because I was just for the Spice Girls.
2: <laughs> How old are you?
5: 25. 25, yeah. yes,
2: yes. It's really tricky because we've got to let you go. Yeah. Because apparently we're not allowed to keep our children in hutches. <laughs> my mum takes me
5: to the train station and I love it. We went for dinner together and she took us to the train station and we just sit and give each other the finger through the window until the train pulls off. <laughs> and I, it's my favourite part of being an adult woman. I'm like, oh, I'm sat flipping me mum off through a train window. This is amazing. And then we text through the window, slagging off other passengers on the train. It's my favourite bonding activity. There you go. I so love you, it. So you
2: love your mother very much.
5: Yeah. It's made the goodbyes easy because I always used to find goodbyes hard going back to London. But now we just sit and... About other people on the train and flipping it makes it less sad. Of course. And I love it. It's become our little goodbye now. And then I'd accidentally booked myself a first class ticket. Well done, drunk Lauren. But it was probably on <laughs> offer, knowing me. And my mum was just texting us through the window and she was like, Are you still okay to wave the peasant goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> and I think she knows that I used to find goodbyes very hard. Well, as well. I find it
2: very difficult yeah. having a daughter that lived that far away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in Camberwell, Phoebe's in New Cross, and I, you know, I I don't want to go and any further than that?
4: Mm. Yeah,
2: it's silly, isn't it? Anyway, anyway, back to me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Fussy you're, old, you're <laughs> you but this is very strange. You're a very good-looking young man, and you should be just enjoy yourself. But this is your generation. How old are you?
3: Thirty-two.
2: Your generation is so. Um, kind of submerged, you're kind of basted in anxiety, Mm. like little chicken thighs that are just, you know, it's just this marinated in in anxiety all the time. And I don't know what's happened. I presume it's our fault, but I'm not entirely sure. I th- and But I think also you're at the, at the mercy of a huge, the wellness uh, industry yeah, is indeed. like so tapping into you mm-hmm. and so kind of making you aware all the time whether you needed a little scented candle on the table just now or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's quite difficult to get away from it when there is this huge heaving industry just going, are you sure you're alright? Yes, yeah. actually I'm not sure you are. <laughs>
3: I can't ever remember feeling carefree. Oh, really? At all. No, I and was as a child. I I can,
5: yes. yes. Can you? Yes. Oh, I think so between totally the cool. ages of 14 and 17 were probably the best. Like, if I could go back, I'd want to be... Because I didn't give a shit. I was having so much fun. Like, You're at that age where you're starting to get your freedom, but you don't have, like... Yeah. full freedom, yeah. so I could, like, go to the cinema with my friends and I could go hang out with my friends, but I couldn't go, like, clubbing with my friends. Yeah. And I loved them years, and then I feel like it's once I got maybe past 17 and, like, oh, you have to think about university and the future and jobs and this, Blah. that's when all the stress came.
2: Hmm. That's what when about younger than that, in. though, sort of around the age of four? you know oh, I can't remember that. Back that I was far. a
5: weird kid. I was very shy. I wouldn't say I was anxious as a kid. I was shy. But I always, yeah oh I want to I want to be a kid now
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had a really ridiculously happy childhood really? yeah yeah very very happy childhood I mean um I, I'm going back to sort of like four to eight when I lived in Berlin uh, my dad was in the army and I just went to this really kind of progressive very arty school and you were sort of mostly we just did a lot of lying on the floor drawing around each other uh, <laughs> and ever, you know and I still that's kind of where my I hate the phrase "happy place," yes. but we have to have one, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, I try and put myself in water sometimes. Do you do that? Where you go, I kind of take myself to this really lovely. I think it was a long time ago. I was on a beach in Greece, and there was a, a lovely sort of little lagoony place, sort of a safe little place where I could just dunk my body in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try and put myself in there, but then I start to imagine myself in a swimming costume then I get a bit upset because I've let myself go and all that sort of thing then that sort of it goes off and i I'm, I'm no longer happy in my happy place mm. because I'm bulging you, out of a size 14 So in your own head swimming costume I start to criticize myself mm-hmm. um, but I water is good isn't it that's it is. the other thing water is very good mm-hmm. we should put I have two baths a day which I know is not on in terms of <laughs> they're not small. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have two massive, great bars a day, because that's, that's the way I keep myself calm. I would go to the swimming pool, but I've got this very boring thing called dry eye disease, which means I can't get. I can. Wear, I, I'm all right in goggles, mm-hmm. but then I'm so short sighted. I'm blundering around in goggles, it's, and I must get some uh, prescription goggles. But do you know how much these things cost, yeah, and yeah. so it all gets very complicated because um, small. I, I mean, when I say I catastrophised, when the dry eye came. I genuinely thought that was it. For my thought my career was over. My writing career was over. I thought everything was over. I genuinely thought I was going to be more or less a vegetable sitting on a sofa. In actual fact, it's just a very boring um, condition that can't be cured. And you just have to do drops. And mm-hmm. it's... I can't wear my eye makeup, and I used to be able to do the most wonderful smoky eye. I, I really, I love. And it takes makeup. so
5: long to practice that as well. I, that I'm just I'm, I'm such a waste me feel of time. Sad. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> I know. I really, I love the the ritual of putting makeup on before a show. I mean, mm-hmm. my eyes were a piece of artwork. Yeah, uh, but I anyway, find putting
5: makeup on very calming. It is, isn't it? I can't. I'm not arty, so I can't like paint or draw. But I love getting my makeup yeah. done. And doing my makeup and doing other people's makeup. I love it. Like, I make people look like shit. I can't, I can I do my I own. Do other can't do no, other people's. I think
2: it is more of a skill than yeah. we give people credit for.
5: I did my friends not long ago, and I always have like little flicks on my eyes, and she was like, Can you do them on my eyes? And I was like, oh, Yeah, sure. And then as yeah. I did it, I was like, I am so sorry. Yeah. You look like a panda. I apologize. <laughs> I think our friendship is over.
2: Well, as long as it wasn't for a wedding, you're fine. No, yeah, that's
5: yes. all good. Yes,
2: so we do have we do have things we can do. Do you do you
3: swim? I don't actually. Well, which may I, I should. suggest? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Because I do like it, and that's the thing. Like exercise is a good one for me because that really just puts the one thought in. Like when you're painting, yeah. and you're just in that one zone because you're focusing on one thing. That's what I like when I'm running. Oh, do you run? Find, yeah.
5: You just did a marathon, didn't you?
3: Well, oh, yes, I just did a marathon. Well, you that, you
2: know, well, that's magnificent. And so, and that releases all the endorphins, doesn't it? Unless yep. you do my cardio class, where I just go for half an hour going, I hate this, I hate it. <laughs> I'm wasting all my breath going, I fucking hate this. I'm absolutely in pain. I'm in agony and I hate it. And it's only half an hour, but it's quite hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but though I'm in special measures, everybody else got is a bit further advanced than me. And I'm like in this remedial class by myself, where he goes... But not you, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Sending okay, you out. Yeah, but not you, because I'm not allowed to go as fast or as, as <laughs> crazy as everybody else in case I have a stroke. <laughs> So he just so goes. No, Jenny, you just just keep cycling in a kind of gentle kind of. Just keep it going. <laughs>
3: just keep you do moving. you. Yeah, yeah.
2: You do your level, and everybody else doing something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> just oh God, there we go. It's yeah. like
5: the kid in the orchestra who's only allowed the triangle. <laughs> yeah, and I'm totally unmusical as well.
2: That's another thing. Yeah. I once did a West End show, so no, no word of a lie. Uh, do you see how I dropped in? I watched this redstone show, anyway, <laughs> it was a play, it wasn't very good. God bless it, it was called Mum's the Word. And uh, I don't know why, but at the end there was some kind of little musical thing and I had the triangle. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, I, nine times out of ten, you know this, in the metal triangle there's a little hole? Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, my stick things went through. <laughs> the so there would be a thing where I was meant to go, ding! Uh, OK, it's coming, it's coming, I can do this, I can do this straight through the (laughs) (laughs) And people would look at me as if say, how can you... You must be trying to do that. I wasn't even trying. It's just a complete natural inability. And no coordination at all, whatsoever. (laughs) So there we go.
3: When was the uh, first time that you ever became aware of mental health being a thing, be it positive or negative?
2: Oh, I suppose um, I went to drama school, of course, because I thought I was going to be an actress. I'm so angry. (laughs) And... um, I got anorexia, of course, because I think everybody did (laughs) at my drama school. It was like sort of all the women went mad. Mm -hmm. And I think it was quite a toxic environment. God bless it. And I sort of had quite a happy first year. But there was a, a movement teacher who basically told me I was fat all the time. And, you know, it was kind of the Sort of behaviour that now, mind you, all the tutors were fucking all the girls as well. I oh, mean, yeah. it was really, it was kind of stuff that, this was the late 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people were getting away with stuff that you just wouldn't nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've totally accepted that there's a sort of absolute uh, sexism. And um, I think, well, there was only one black girl in our year. I'm sure that she, um, was uh, uh subjected to racism mm-hmm. um it was just this casual kind of disregard for anything back then it was terribly exciting <laughs> and i did sleep with a lot of people um for the first year and then um i my mother had got ill and i went home uh, to look after my brother and my dad and i went on this diet and i just didn't stop and it became very easy because my mother was in the hospital and you know what, I didn't even ask what was wrong with her. I think she was having a kidney removed. She's very stoic, my mother. Um, and she, you know, it was kind of like if she'd had a, she just, it's, she. anyway, she was ill. So I was looking and I just got into this routine of eating very little, but making it look like it was quite a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd be making a spaghetti bolognese for my brother and my uh, dad. And I'd have mine on chopped cabbage. And they didn't notice I wasn't eating the pasta because it looked, I just have a smear of the bolognese on top. Mm. I lost a huge amount of weight quite quickly and then sort of felt glorious or oh, the power, mm. you know. <laughs> and I sort of remember going back for my second year and just like turning heads. And, you know, I was just, I was very cute. You know, there was a moment um, for me in my 20s, in my, well, at that just before I became very anorexic, where I was really very pretty. Um, and um, and then I just literally locked myself in the anorexic box, which is such a silly box to lock yourself into because you know where the key is mm-hmm. all the time. You can see the key, and you will not, you know, open, you let yourself out. Mm-hmm. And it, um, I became quite, by my third year, I was properly anorexic, and I didn't actually finish the uh, course because I, I, I was sort of, too thin (laughs) I was too thin to sort of walk Mm. Uh, and then I was sent home and that was all very you know boring Mm. and my mother was would hover with a tray with a boiled egg on it and I'd throw the boiled egg and all this sort of thing and I would only eat the white of the boiled egg and you know all this but even I got you know I got bored of it in the Mm. end I sort of bored myself out of it you know nowadays when I say um you know, I was anorexic. People look at me as if to say, oh, "Are you sure?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you can recover a bit too well. <laughs> you know, there's something of, when you get, kind of—I bought this jumpsuit from Marxist the other day, and I, because I thought I'm a fourteen, I couldn't get into the fucking fourteen. I'm trying to get, and I'm in a sixteen. I'm sad. <laughs> Look at myself in a size 16 jumpsuit from Marx thinking well whatever happened to the anorexic me then, I think I ate her and that's what happened so um, anyway uh, that was when I, I had my first dose of therapy and then I had some later on but it's so difficult to get. you have to be so careful finding a decent therapist and I think there are a lot of very very poor therapists yeah. around and it makes me very angry and I had even a recent one uh, a couple of years ago where I just, at the end, I sort of didn't want to give her the money.
3: Yeah, I've done that before. Because it's
2: terribly expensive. It, it is. Was 50 quid. And I kind of went, do you know what? If you were a meal, I'd send you back.
4: Yeah.
3: Because <laughs> I, I always equate therapy to kind of like dating. They, mm. You have to go through s- quite yeah. a lot of different yeah. people before you find one that you can yeah. actually talk to. You.
5: I've always said I feel like there should be when you're waiting for therapy, there should be a date where it's like speed dating yes, for therapists. That would be amazing. And you get to spend, say, two minutes with all yeah. of them and then by the end of that hour you'd be like, right, I want to either get in with him or him or her. Yeah. That's what I want. That's
2: the that's an incredibly yeah. good idea. If the
5: NHS yep. are listening. Yes. <laughs> Sign speed up. Dating yeah. up. therapy please. <laughs> speed
2: therapy. Because
5: <laughs> otherwise you wait all that time to and be given someone and then you're like, oh they're not very good. Or you pay for someone and you've spent all your money and you're like well, actually, didn't didn't really get on with them.
3: Well, I waited six months, and my first appointment with um, a therapist up in North London was the one that he said, if I was you, I'd be depressed as well. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, and I was like, "Cheers, mate." This is like bloody hell. Am
5: I paying you? Yeah, or? Exactly. It was absolutely <laughs> yeah. miserable. Um,
2: I I had my very first one. And it ended in disaster because I was anorexic but, uh, and a heavy smoker at the time. And he w- had allergy problems, the uh, therapist. Uh, a young Chinese bloke uh, at a hospital in Disbury. And so I said, well, it, would it be all right if I sat on the windowsill mm-hmm. um, and smoked out of the window? But we're in a hospital. We're in a sort of mental <laughs> hospital. And they saw me mm. sitting on the windowsill with a uh... cigarette. And then some alarms went off because they thought I was trying to jump. So that was a bit of a disaster. And then um, I had some great therapy um, later on in my 20s. Um, yeah, when I was living in London and I had a death phobia. <clears throat> you know, I found a lump underneath my arm, convinced myself I had cancer. It was, I'd nicked myself shaving and some soap had got in, Aww. and it was build up of imperial leather. <laughs> that's what it was. Anyway. I went a bit mad. I had one of my wobbles and I went... To, and I it was, it was in the 80s and there was more money around and I got therapy quite quickly. And um, I was sitting in this place and I was looking out at a car park thing and it was like a, a, a like a nunnery kind of thing. It was one of those cloisters. It was, like, mm-hmm. it was a nice place, you know. And I was looking at this car park bit and I saw this woman get out of her car and she fell over and she smashed a bottle of LucasAid and she shook her fist at the sky and called God an almighty piece of shit. <laughs> and I thought, well, we've got a lot of nutters around here, haven't we? <laughs> and then she came in. She was my therapist. She, <laughs> <laughs> she had, all the tights were ripped and she had grazed knees. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, she was great. She was the only one. And yeah. she basically said, you're the captain of your ship. You're the mistress of your destiny. Mm-hmm. And um, those words have never quite left me. Uh, And the sight of her shaking (laughs) the fist (laughs) at God.
5: I feel like I'm going to turn up for the next podcast record dressed as a pirate and just be like, "I'm the captain of of my my own ship." ship. (laughs) yes, you do have to take responsibility
2: for yourself, don't you? Sometimes, oh yeah, you know, because I know I'm a pain in the arse, and sometimes I just have to take myself away from everybody. (laughs) I'm very happy by myself. I work a lot by myself. Yeah, and I'm okay with that as well. I don't need a lot of people and I don't need a lot you know new friends
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> the idea
2: pulls me
3: yeah because I'm quite happy with my lot at the moment I'll yeah. just kind of gimble along yeah. yeah exactly how did you was it mostly therapy that helped you get out of those times when you like um, when you were dealing with anorexia?
2: I think I had a really... I, I, I would sort of say that um, most of everything that I've managed in my life has been down to meeting a man. This is a bit wet, isn't it? That, But I met Jeff when I was 22, and he has actually been a... Com- I mean, it, I will start talking clichés now because I don't know how else to put it. I mean, a rock. Mm-hmm. He is my, you know, he is my safe place. He is my rock. He is my port in a storm. He is... Um, you know, without him he's seventy now and um I I would have been useless without him. Yeah. I wouldn't have managed half mm-hmm. what I've done at all because I'd probably be in a gutter somewhere.
3: It's amazing, isn't it, how support networks are so different for so many people, because you can either have like friends or family and like twelve different people and you consider that your support network. But sometimes it's just one person yeah. that just feels like just home mm-hmm. yeah. that you can be safe with and you can talk to and it's such an important thing and to have and he's
2: he's great as well he's really talented he's kind of uh, a really still a striking looking man he's a well dressed kind of um stylish incredibly talented uh, you know i admire him mm-hmm. uh, you know, every day he will do something like oh god you're good at that aren't you? <laughs> you know but he, but also you know i have allowed myself to be quite like I've never learned to drive on a motorway because, of course, I just think that I would be in the middle of a fireball within five miles. Yeah. Do you drive on a motorway?
5: But this is what I'm having at the minute. <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw me having a breakdown on Twitter. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I've been putting off learning to drive for years because of how anxious I am, and I'm like that. Yeah. I think I'd be, I'd, I'd crash as soon as I pulled out the test centre or this. <laughs> I've put it off, I've had the money saved since I was 19 to learn to drive and I've Mm. still not spent, my dad's like, it's literally gaining interest in my bank account and I'm like, well let it gain interest, (laughs) I'll need more lessons, but it just, the thought drives us mad and I tweeted something the other day about, um, like, because I've started to learn for the theory, and I tweeted how it was hard, oh, the men of Twitter, and sorry lads, I love you, but some of you are rude. what do you mean you don't know what stopping distances are? Why can't you learn stopping distances? I was like, can you learn an hour long Edinburgh show? Sure? Eh, can you? We're all good at different things. And the amount of shit I got oh, the straight stopping away. stopping distances,
2: I still don't. I just, oh. I just keep my distance. Yeah. That's well, that's just...
5: yeah. the thing. Same I was like, surely then, it's yeah. just common sense. But all these angry, and it was mainly lads, getting really angry at us. And I was like, this is why I don't want to learn to drive, because I am very tense yeah.
2: now. <laughs> right, you've got, you've got to do that. You've got yeah. to do theory in it. But then you've only got a year, haven't you? Because if yeah. you haven't, got, you've got to, got do, to do, it do it again. again. Mm. How dull is More that? More tests.
5: Yep. Yes. Well, i stop no. stopping distances. <laughs> well, 300, 316 feet at 70 miles per hour in dry conditions, if you are wondering. It's still feet, <laughs> is it? I'm so glad it's
2: still feet. I had a, a driving instructor once who uh, used to be a professional dancer and he used to Ooh. dance on the cruise ships. And he never taught me a single thing because he'd come, he'd have a photo album, <laughs> and he'd pull over and show me all these photos. And he'd be dressed up as King Neptune on some kind of cruise ship, and I just was thinking, well, I don't, I'm not going to get this anyway. I, I got it when I was pregnant because I thought I cannot. But this mm-hmm. is we're we're talking about a totally different time. We're talking about the eighties when, you know, um, people people my age had cars. Mm-hmm. I had a car and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, most. People in their 20s these days in London, living in London don't have cars. Absolutely not. They don't have houses. They don't. You've got nothing, London. Yeah. <laughs> You've got absolutely
5: fucked We're all. just alone with our thoughts, I've got which a is plucky why we're depressed.
2: Attitude. Well, that's why <laughs> right. you're all going condition. mad. <laughs> yes. It's, I mean, I, I think on the whole, though, the country's anxious. I think mm-hmm. that, yeah. uh, over the last couple of years, we have created and whipped up an absolute uh, storm of anxiety.
3: Well, anxiety is fed by uncertainty, and we have never lived in a more uncertain times. So none of uh, us know what's uh, going on. Uh,
5: just horrific.
2: Yeah,
3: horrific. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left, so would you like to do our last question, yeah. please?
5: Yeah, so if you could go back in time to when you were younger and give yourself a bit of advice on like living without misery, what would you tell yourself?
2: Well, I'd, I'd, I'm sorry, but I have to whisper into my ear, it's... It, that's not quite possible, <laughs> I'm really sorry, you are going to that. occasionally be sobbing under the duvet mm-hmm. for quite a long time, try not to drink too much, <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing. You, know, it's, it's, you, you think that's going to help actually, it'll make you feel shit the next day. So two and a half glasses is your limit, especially once you turn 50, anything over that and you you will you'll damage yourself. It's good advice. I that. It's yeah dull, isn't it? It's
5: dull. <laughs> Know no? your limits.
3: Yeah, exactly. Know your limits. <laughs>
5: yeah. Mentally and yeah. alcoholically. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, that's a brilliant word. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been pleasure. amazing. Thank you. We
5: we'll hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better
3: And that was episode 15. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you to Jenny for being absolutely wonderful and calling me handsome. Thank you to Lauren, even though she didn't call me handsome. And thanks to Dave and Calm for, uh, well, just kind of letting us make this uh, strange little podcast. Another boring reminder, but if you could like, subscribe, rate, review, all of that jazz, uh, we really appreciate it. It helps us go up in the podcast chart. And the more people that discover the podcast, the more money we make for Calm. Uh, and that's why we're here doing this anyway that's enough of my voice for one episode uh for one week even maybe even a year no just this week yeah bye bye oh no wait come back next week and then bye 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 bye